Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning into the IME Podcast. My name is Dominic Kilworth, athlete, personal trainer, business owner, and personal development enthusiast. I'm joined alongside with Jackson Tippett, who is also a personal trainer, influencer, and fitness model. Together, we are your host of this podcast, where with each episode, we'll bring you an inspiring message or person to help you live your best life. Thank you for spending some time with us today. Now, let's get into it. Hey there, everyone. Uh, welcome to the I Am Me podcast. Uh, happy Tuesday to everyone, wherever you are around the world. I hope you've had a great Easter and I hope you're having a good week ahead. With all that's going on at the moment, I know it's a bit of a struggle and a pandemic, um, but, you know, we're all in the same situation and we just got to ride through with it until we understand or um, get an outcome of when this is going to end. Um, so, yeah, just... Basically, stay positive and, um, you know, stay set to your goals, um, keep productive and, you know, all the best will come out. So we got a new podcast on board today. Um, we've done a few since the pandemic, uh, but we've actually got a very, very special guest on board today. Um, I'm very um, honored to have him on board. He is... Um, He's worldwide known, um, yeah, very worldwide known, um, very good um, person and very well respected for changing people's lives through, I would say, um, their physiques by um, personal training and more, more importantly, online coaching. Um, he is, his name is Harry Sandhu and yeah, I'm just absolutely stoked to have him on board and I can't wait for him to spread a little bit of his knowledge and for you guys to get to know him. So I'm going to hand it over to you, Harry, with the first question. And um, I just want to basically ask you, how did you start out as an online coach? Hi, that's uh, thanks for uh, the very kind uh, intro, Jackson. Uh, very generous of you, mate. I don't know about changing people's lives, but I do try, mate. I do try. Um, all, online coaching. <clears throat> okay. Look, I've, I've been doing this thing for a very, very long time, nearly about 20 years. And back in 2014, uh, I was working in uh, working at a gym in uh, Melbourne, out of a small studio and uh, out of a gym in um, South Pacific in uh, on Burke Street in Melbourne. And I decided that at the time, I was like, shit, you, know, you can only do so many hours uh, one-on-one PT. And I said, you, you know, I, this is not sustainable. I can't, there's only 24 hours, 10 to 12 hours a day, 10 to 12 sessions maximum. So then I started looking at online and I just uh, ventured and I tried, um, just tried my luck and uh, it just sort of took off. I did a couple of clients in Australia to start with and then um, being of Indian origin, uh, having that advantage of uh, to be able to speak uh, English as well as the local Indian language and having the experience of working in Australia for nearly 20 years, that sort of helped me. I mean, at the time, I was like 16 years, uh, 14 years, that sort of helped me a lot. And um, yeah, I, I ventured into the Indian market and uh, the rest is history. So yeah, that's how I started with the online. <clears throat> Yeah, that's awesome, Harry. Um, pretty much exactly what happened with me. Um, yeah, I, I started out as a personal trainer and, 
yeah, like, you know, there's only so many hours you can put in and there's only so many clients you can take on each day and, you know, you get all the cancellations and things like that. And then the on-top charges like, you know, the overheads of rent and that you got to pay the gym. And I just found that online coaching was far superior to actually um, face-to-face PT. Um, one thing that I want to know is what do you think sets you apart from so many other online coaches? Because let's let's like put it straight, the, the industry is absolutely flooded right now with online coaches, whether they're all good or not. Um, that's our own, do you know what I mean? We'll keep that to ourselves, but you're obviously very superior. So what sets you apart from your typical online coach? Hey, look, that's a great question. I think there's a couple of things to it. Um, number one is I specialize in, um, in contest prep coaching. Uh, that, that's a very niche genre. That's a very niche segment. If there are, let's say, if there are 100 online coaches, a good 60 to 70% of them are very much into general population fat loss. And then 20% of them, 20 to 30% of them are perhaps into the contest prep coaching. And out of that also, a very, very small percentage of um, coaches um, work with enhanced athletes. So having that, that being part of a small niche of um, coaches who work with contest prep clients, so that sort of, that, that sort of sets me. And then, and then having formal education and being diligent. Just you, you know, the funny thing is, it's the basics, man. What happens with a lot of lot of trainers, a lot of online coaches is they're complacent because there's no face to face. It's not like one on one PT where you have to be presentable. You've got to keep your phone inside your pocket. You've got to be responsible with online coaching. You can't delay getting back to your clients. You can't. It's just one of those things. I've, I've been very diligent. And then, as I said before, I want to be fair to everyone who's listening. I had a very, very distinct advantage of entering the Indian market and being able to speak the local language. And there was nobody like me at the time in India. There was nobody that uh, who brought the package that I was able to bring. I was able to bring the, the Aussie connection as well as the Indian connection. And then having very strong in-depth knowledge of um, compounds like you, you know the, the gear aspect of it and that sort of set me set me apart and then just being relentless um I, I still put in 14 to 16 hours a day and when you put in 14 16 hours a day week in week out that gives you so much edge over anybody else so that that, that i reckon that that's um, what set me apart yeah 100 percent. yeah it definitely yeah great points that you put out there and um obviously it speaks for itself so um I'm going to dip into a little bit more raw now. And, um, yeah, obviously we've got a wide variety of listeners um, that will be tuning in. And, um, you know, obviously they want to know a bit more about probably supplementation and nutrition. But I'm going to ask you this. Um, steroids in bodybuilding, uh, first of all, what's your take on them? And basically are they needed to build a great physique? Hi, that's a billion-dollar question. Okay, here's the thing. So let, let me just put it objectively. So if you just want to build a beach body, you want to look good, um, say, say like, like a lot of our footy players are, you just want to have a rig like that so that you take your head off and you look presentable, yeah, you can do that without using any steroids. But when you see these guys who are uh, fitness professional, fitness models, forget bodybuilders, forget bodybuilders. Uh, a lot of these guys who are your fitness models and uh, you, especially with the IFBB, IFBB Pro, Pro League or IFBB Elite Pro, 
they, they, they openly don't say that you can't use steroids. So anybody who's competing in IFBB, uh, you can see the difference in their size and the conditioning versus somebody who's doing INBA or ICN. So to answer your question, if you want to stick with ICN, ICN and do natural bodybuilding, yes, it's possible. If you take some guys like, say, uh, Leon Stenchholm, uh, from, uh, he's a Queenslander as well, a good mate of mine. He's a, he's a lifetime natural bodybuilder. So it's not that you can't do bodybuilding without steroids, but majority of the time, if you want to make a fist of it, uh, especially the IFP league, yeah, you're going to have to use something. And especially with a lot of designer drugs now, these peptides and SAMs and IGFs and uh, a bit of growth hormone and so many things happening. Even the lines are getting so good. But what is natural anymore? Um, to, 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 to sum it up, if you want to build a respectable physique that you have a bit of a six-pack, you, you spend four or five minutes in your diet, you can build it. But if you say that you have these rippling abs and dells popping and... Um, Year round six pack not gonna not gonna happen without 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 gear hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, great points because it's something that um, obviously we get thrown out a lot, and I get asked a lot, and a lot of people just don't really know, and a lot of people do just want to get that um, that just what you talked about that beach body with the six pack and stuff like that, but they are abusing copious amounts of, um, you know, compounds at high doses when it's not needed. So I think that's a great point to put across that, you know, unless you really want to compete, um, you know, you probably don't need them. Um, so I, yeah, but I really like that. And, um, I hope that the audience enjoys that too. Um, with, I'm going to dip a bit more into nutrition now. So how important, is nutrition um, in training and bodybuilding? Um, I know how important it is, but how important do you think it is? And then most importantly, is it different between an enhanced and a natural person or athlete? Mate, look, that, that's, that, that's, that's a great question. Um, look, I think it's commonly accepted now, as people say, 70% nutrition and um, 30% training. I reckon if you're a natural competitor, if you're a natural guy, your emphasis on consistency, on nutrition and training and adequate amount of rest and recovery is, is need to be 10 times more because you don't have that advantage of performance-enhancing drugs. Say, if, if, say whereas somebody who's on, on a bit of gear, even if a small amount of test, let, let's say 250 milligrams of test a week, you have a huge distinct advantage over somebody who's pushing, it's like pushing shit uphill. So if you're a natural guy, you've got to be aiming for that two to three grams of protein per kilo of body weight every day. You've got to be in a, in a caloric surplus of about say three to 500 calories a day. Uh, you've got to hit in your six to seven to eight hours. Let me just add something very, very interesting. A lot of people underestimate the number one most anabolic I don't know if you can, if you want to call it a thing or a compound or an anabolic or whatever it is. The number one most anabolic variable on the planet is sleep. And let me put it in objective terms. If they have done studies that they had, they had two groups of people, one group slept for four, three, four to five hours, and the other group slept for eight hours. And that was the only difference. Rest, their diet, and everything, everything, it, it was, everything was the same. So, the, no, sorry. So they had two groups, 
and they monitor the sleep. So the group which slept twice as much, like say eight hours, they lost twice the amount of body fat. So can you imagine if the one group lost five kilos of body fat and the group which slept for eight hours every night, they lost 10 kilos of body fat. No drug on the planet is going to give you that edge. So since the Instagram has come into people's lives and social media, what's happened is people are going to bed at midnight past, midnight at one o'clock, and you're getting up at 5.30, 6 a.m., 7 a.m. You're just not giving your body enough time to recover. So uh, nutrition-wise, I think everybody knows the key is the basics. Everyone repeats it, but people seem to, some, for some reason, they think there's, there's some magic. There is no magic. You've got to be consistent. You've got to get the adequate amount of rest. And you've got to look at progressive overload. And one thing I do want to add with training is what I've found is a lot of people don't understand that the nuances of mechanical load, cell volumization, metabolic stress. So what I mean by that is a lot of people, a lot of people when they train, they train, they, they do metabolic, uh, sorry, uh, mechanical load. So that means, okay, every time you go into the gym, you want to add another kilo. So, but they hover between eight to 12 reps. Now, in terms of hypertrophy, if you want to grow, you've got to look at cell volumization. You've got to look at that um, blood pumping into your veins as well. So for instance, if your legs aren't growing with eight to 12 reps, You've got to look at leg press doing drop sets with, let's say, let's say, there's no point in doing a leg press set of 50 repetitions with 100 kilos. You're better off actually loading the leg press with, say, say 400 kilos or 500 kilos. You do 10 repetitions, drop 10%, 20% weight, pump out another 10 repetitions. You've got to, you've got to sort of, I mean, I can't emphasize enough, you've got to face death so to speak you've got to get the blood into the muscle you've got to feel the agony that's the missing link and what i have found coaching clients over the years is people if their training is very one-dimensional but if you want to grow everybody knows about the, the, the diet that they, they do know it i mean there's nothing i can add but if you, for all our listeners you've got to look at that um metabolic stress that um, the pump, the, the cell volumization, and that is what makes the muscles grow, especially when you're talking about things like delts, your legs, your calves. These things respond to high volume. You've got, and especially legs and delts, right? Until unless delts, you feel the burn, they're not going to grow. It's just simple as that. So that's, um, um, sorry for dragging this on a little bit, but I felt this was important to get the message out. No, that's no. You talk as much as you want. I actually really, really enjoyed that. Um, so yeah, like, uh, great points once again. Um, it's it's just great connecting with someone like yourself. Um, as a lot of people out there, you know what I mean. They just they don't really know a lot about training. They they do know a lot about the diet, and they actually don't think training is that important. I hear it a lot. Um, where I know nutrition is more important in my opinion, but training is very, very important um, if your nutrition is dialed in. Um, how important do you think it is to – people say uh, you cannot build a physique or you can't grow muscle or you can't get that good look off medium minimal, minimal to medium weight, I'm going to say. Um, I'm not talking five kilos, but I'm talking – you don't have to do, you know, those those five rep, um, you know, those big lifts, you know, your bench, your squat, your dead. Um, you can do a lot of different stuff. You can do like, you know, 
crazy metabolic training or, you know, you can really just feel the muscle more and focus on the tempo or stuff like that. Do you believe you can build a superior physique doing a light to medium weight as opposed to heavy and always focusing on progressive overload, if that makes sense? Mate, look, I think that there's, there's two aspects to that question. One is, um, let, let me decipher the question the way I look at it. Is one part is, uh, do we need to do those, those basic lifts like squat, deadlift, bench, and all this? So that's what's one, one part of the question. The second part of the question is the, the amount of the load. Now, let's, let's talk about uh, building legs while using squats and leg press. Can you build, is squats a great exercise? Of course it is. Can you build world-class legs without using squats? Absolutely, 100% categorically you can. Many years ago, um, I don't know how I mean, many people would still remember that Japanese bodybuilder, Hitadara Yamagishi. He had a, he had a injury. And he gave up squats for a long time. I don't know if he ever went back to squats. And he only did leg presses. So yes, you can you can build a world class lower back, world class back without building a single deadlift. No question about it, you can. But the fact of the matter is, there's two things. So now, now let's say you've got to find a decent alternative. So if you want to build, a, you don't want to do deadlift, but you still want the Christmas tree. Well, then you've got to invest in the T-bar rows and the seated rows and the dumbbell rows. So you you still got to find an alternative. But you can't just go, okay, I'm not going to do deadlifts, but I'm only going to stick with lat pull-downs and hand high to low rows, and I can develop my low, low back thickness. It ain't going to happen, right? Now, that's the one part of the equation. Can you build a world-class physique without these big three lifts of bench press? Yeah, sure. If you don't want to do bench press, you can do dumbbell chest presses. You, do, you can do plenty of things. Now, to answer your question, how important is the load? Let me answer them in a very objective manner. Studies have shown that you, you can go light. However, what is light? How light is too light before it, it, you, you're getting in the territory of diminishing to no returns? If you, let's say, your one RM on a bench press is 100 kilos. So what that means is you have, 100 on the bar, you have 80 kilos on the bar and you're able to do one repetition. So that's your one RM. Now, Normally, people what people would do, people would use, usually use between sort of 70 to 80 to 90 kilos and do 8 to 10 repetitions. And that's what traditionally people have done. Now, if you were to do just a 20 kilos, just a bar alone, 30 kilos, is that going to elicit the same amount of hypertrophy if you went to failure doing 100 repetitions? The answer is no. The minimum weight that you need to lift needs to be around 3%. So if you're lifting 100 kilos for one repetition, you want to be lifting at least 40 kilos for 20, 30, 40 repetitions. But the key component in both uh, the thing that the, the, the joined uh, universal variable, the both uh, uh, equations need to have is the key is the word is the failure. If you are going to failure at 80 kilos at 10 repetitions and you want to choose lift 50 kilos, and if 25 repetitions is your failure, you've got to get to 24 to 25 repetitions. You can't just pick up a weight and just go, oh, this is burning and I can't do any more when you clearly can do another, another five or six reps. There's a different kind of, different kind of a challenge in the bench. When you do eight to 10 repetitions, you generally fail by mechanical load. Your strength runs out and that's why the set stops. 
But when you are looking at cell volumization and lactate building up, so imagine when you do um, bicep curls or dumbbell side raises, why do you stop the side side raises all of a sudden? It's not because you can't do any more repetitions in high repetition, because it's just that the burn is too much. So the question that arises is, did you actually go to the failure to do justice to the lightweight? The answer is no. So the point is to, to, to sort of wrap it all up. If you want to go light, you can, but you need to stick with a few, few things you've got to remember. You've got to do 40% of your 1RM. doesn't matter what exercise is. Right? Second thing, you've got to get to the actual failure. Don't think that the first, like many people, for example, in the leg press, you get them doing 25 to 30 repetitions and they'll be like, I'm dying. Mate, if I came and I put a gun to your head, I will guarantee you, you can do another 20 repetitions. Yeah, sure, the legs are burning, but did you actually reach the failure? No, you didn't. So then that's why the new results are not going to be there. So a lot of people, they don't understand the finer nuances. They think, oh, this is enough. It's not enough, mate. You know, so, so uh, that's uh, what my recommendation is when it comes to light or heavy. Yeah, that's great points because a lot of people bring across that you don't really need to train. Uh, well, you know, training to failure is um, not actually good, and I hear it pretty much every single day. So it's yeah, it's really interesting the points you put across, and um, yeah, just your word of advice on it. And um, I hope the listeners really take it in and appreciate um, some of the things you're putting out there. Um, I'm going to probably wrap it up with another question. One last question. How, obviously everyone knows what's going on at the moment. Most people do not have gyms. Most people do not even have much equipment um, with this COVID and the whole virus. Um, obviously you've had to, you've still got clients on board and you have to adapt and uh, change uh, things around. How can someone still maintain their physique um, at least, or if not, even build their physique with no gym, but, you know, minimal equipment. Is it possible or is this a time where you just have to suck it up and, I don't know, maybe switch to, um, you know, more of a cutting phase and strip some body fat off because there's absolutely no way you can build muscle without the heavy resistance. My look, uh, I, 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 wrote, I wrote a pro free program for a lot of my clients and uh, that sort of went viral. Um, for home training, and um, I'm happy to share it with uh, you. You can share my email address. They can drop us an email, and we can. Uh, I can get my staff to uh, sh- shoot it out to them. Uh, but uh, to answer your question, uh, you obviously you're not going to be able to do shit if you're just doing bodyweight stuff. However, if you're following, you at the very least you can maintain your physique if not build it. So the, the, you need a few things. The one is you need one pair of adjustable dumbbells. You know, the one with those nut and bolts on other other end. So you need adjustable dumbbells. Second thing is you need a, a short barbell, a five-foot barbell or a four-foot barbell. That's two, adjustable again. You need about between sort of 50 to 100 kilos. If you're a big-ass bodybuilder, a strong bloke, yeah, maybe 100 kilos worth of plates. But for most people, between 50 to 70 kilos worth of plates is enough. And one bench, if not bench, then maybe even a floor mat will do. The plates that you want to invest in is you don't want to buy, pardon me, you don't want to be investing in 10 kilo plates. Because 10 kilo plates are too big to do anything with curls or dumbbell presses or anything. You can't do shit. Yeah, you can do squats, sure. But the plates that you want to invest in, majority of the plates is you want to invest in 2.5 kilo plates. 
one pair of 1.25 kilo plates because 1.25 kilo plates on one side can be really handy to do your tricep dumbbell pullovers or bench dumbbell pullovers and stuff like that. So one set of one pair of 1.25 kilo plates, then 2.5 kilo plates and five kilo plates as many as you can afford. So once you have that, again, we switch to, let's say you're able to do squats with that, say 100 kilos with 10 repetitions. But if you started your workout with lunges, let's say you did five sets of lunges with 20 kilos in each hand and you did 50, 60, 70 repetitions in each set. So by the time, even if you were in a gym setting, you went to the squat rack, automatically, if you were doing squats as your first, first exercise and you're doing 10 repetitions, 100, 100 kilos, but if I smash you on the lunges with six or seven or eight sets, even in the gym setting, you are not going to be able to do 100 kilos for 10 repetitions. Your strength is going to come down dramatically unless you're resting for 10 minutes, which nobody does for hypertrophy. So your strength is going to come down to 80 kilos. Now, here, if I push the envelope really hard, all of a sudden, you're going to be able to do get a lot more out of just with 50 kilos because what you want is you want to be able to lift it off the ground to be able to put it on your shoulders and put it, be able to put it back on unless you've got a training partner who can put it on your shoulders and take it off as well. But to, to keep it short, even with 50 kilos on squats, if you've been 25 to 30 or 40 repetitions, you're going to feel like death warmed up. And you know what, Jackson, the, 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 the most amazing thing is People who are not used to the high repetition training, this is a blessing in disguise for them. Why? Your cardiovascular health, your um, metabolic damage, all these things are going to go to the roof. So to think that you can't build a great physique or at the very least can't maintain it, it's, it's, it's a complete fallacy. What you need is you need to get out of that mindset of, or um, if I have to do 25, 30 reps, that's for endurance training. It's not for hypertrophy. No, endurance training is different and hypertrophy training is different. And yes, you can do high repetition. Same with them. Um, uh, um, uh, if you have dumbbell side raises, man, with 20 kilos of dumbbell side raises, you can, if you smash your shoulders on dumbbell side raises for 10 repetitions, by the time you go to the shoulder presses, you, the weight you can lift is going to come down to half. So, yes, you can do a lot. You just not, you need to improvise a little bit. Yeah, I absolutely love it because that's going to really dig deep into a lot of listeners right now because I've had a lot of people say that this is it, you know what I mean? They can't um, build anything now and, you know, I've had a lot of people depressed and stuff like that when really they can be doing just as much and, you know, still maintain their physique throughout this uh, crisis. So, for guys out there listening, um, Harry's even said he's happy to uh, send you over his um, home workout or whatever it was template um, or DM myself on Instagram. I'm going to share um, Harry's Instagram. I'll put it up when I put the podcast up in uh, my link on my story and that. So, yeah, if, guys, if you are, um, you know, needing help or, you know, um, you're lacking you know, nutrition, training, whatever it may be, um, feel free to give Harry a message. Um, he's a great guy. And I'm sure he would help you out in some way or another. Um, just before we go, is there anything you wanted to talk about or you wanted to ask me or um, anything like that? Or My, I, do, I, pretty happy with I, do have, I do have a very uh, poignant question for you. Uh, you obviously have had a lot of success um, in um, with the social media following. One thing that I've seen you do 
very religious state, which a lot of people are very reluctant to do, is you've always been very complimenting of everyone. You know, I, I follow you religiously and I see you because uh, a lot of the people that you follow, I follow as well. And I always see you going and complimenting other people. You know, you're, you're never short of saying a good word, dropping a line and saying, hey, mate, that's, that's fantastic. That's outstanding. And I see you. And when you see a lot of other Instagrammers, a lot of other people, they, they're either very unknowingly maybe are either very jealous or insecure or they think that it's beneath them that if they have to go and uh, comment on someone who's got lesser followers than them or somebody who's, who's newbie. What's, mm. what's your advice on somebody? Like, do you think that's something that sort of helped you in, in, in your growth yourself? And what would be your message to anybody who's listening to our podcast? That what can they do to grow and become attractive to and potential sponsors? So I guess there are two questions in that. First is that, what do you think is there? Why do you do that? And do you think that's a good idea? And second is, what can what can somebody do who's listening to us uh, and to increase their uh, social media following so they can become attractive to the sponsors? Yeah, absolutely love it. Um, I actually get asked this a lot. Um, honestly, um, I I do it because I purely um, I love helping other people and I love. If, if someone is doing good work, um, you know, giving them credit and, um, you know, applauding them or whatever it may be, um, it's just something that's so simple to do in my eyes. And I don't care who you are. Um, I don't care if, you know, you're yourself or you've got, you know, 100 followers. Um, you're on the same level in my eyes in terms of that. And um, if someone's trying or doing something, whether it may be in the gym or on Instagram or it's a transformation or, you know, it's putting up a selfie without makeup, you know, it's something they've never done. Um, I, I, I really want to um, applaud them and, you know, make them feel good or whatever it may be because it's just something that the world fucking lacks so much. Like the world is so competitive and so, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. just nobody, everyone's in competition and it really does my head in because, and I'll go to the second point now is that in doing what I've done at what you've said is how I do show a lot of love. And you see me, you know, comment on a lot of people's stuff. Um, hundred percent. It's advantaged me. That's why I don't get why people aren't doing it. And I'll tell I'm, a lot of people are going to hear this, but 110%. If I didn't do what I did, I guarantee you I would not be, I don't know, as well known as I was or as well appreciated or respected. Um, so if I was going to give you my tip, I would 100% be showing love and supporting and not putting the competitive side of it or he's better or, you know, if, oh, if he gets another comment or he's got more comments than me or whatever it may be, That that's a, that's all bullshit. So... Um, you will actually get a lot more support and love if you show love back to the people or your audience or your crowd, 110%. Um, just quickly on the second thing, um, basically, I, I reckon what I've just talked about in the first thing is literally how I've grown in one part of it. So I highly suggest you take that on board, um, whoever it may be listening and yourself. Um, I know you do show a bit of love, Harry, yourself, um, but... Even if it's someone, you know, um, lower or higher end than you, um, 
it's 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 not hard to just go and say, um, you know, great work or whatever it may be. Or when someone even, you know, this is another thing. When someone comments on one of your transformations, Harry, or something on your page, reply to them. You know what I mean? Reply to them. Um, and a lot of people don't. They will never reply to comments because, you know, maybe it's time consuming or they're, you know, it could be a top-end coach and it's some random around the world that said great transformation but they won't reply because they're not on their level that's bullshit if someone com- and you'll see yeah, it on my true. page religiously if someone comments on my thing you you simply just say thank you thank you for the you know what i mean someone's reached mm. out to your page and congratulated you or comment on something how hard is it just to fucking flick through and just say thank you or it might even be a you know a, an emoji like the praying hands mm. um but it, it makes the biggest difference. And I have had probably, I've probably had a million messages in the last year um, of, you know, people actually messaging me and inboxing me and saying, oh my God, you actually replied to my comment. And I was just, in a it's way, been- like, you know, they were shocked. But in a way, I was, sh- yeah, in a way, I was shocked. I was just like, uh, like that. I, I couldn't think of to do anything it's else. Like courtesy. I wouldn't have it any other way. So I'm just, yeah, it's just common courtesy, man. But you you don't see it that often, and I'm not kidding. So I think it's a big, big tip to growing your online or growing your figure or your face or whatever it may be um, in terms of Instagram. And the second tip is probably just purely good content. Too many people put out shit content. So when I say good content, um, obviously yours might be a bit different, but I'm talking if you're doing – you're wanting to get with a brand – don't take a picture on an iPhone. You know what I mean? Like, don't go out and pay for a professional mm. photographer, get the proper content, and then the brands are going to see a lot better image of you and the product rather than a an image that is so much, you know, worse just by little things like the graphics and whatever it may be, details, lighting. Um, but at the end of the day, in my eyes, that's going to either get you with a brand or without a brand. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty plain and simple. So good content and showing love um, back to people's pages and back to people that show love on your page. Uh, that's that's the, the great, very... You know, the funny thing is the simple points, but they're so often overlooked. Uh, people always think there's some sort of magic, um, magic formula, but they points are nice. appreciate it, mate. Thanks very much. I really do. Yeah, no, that's all right, man. You you're doing great. Yourself, um, we can but, always um, get improvement. Yeah, I, 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 I definitely you know I can do better with replying to people. That's one thing I'm going to take on board. I'm going to try to improve uh, that particular yeah. thing. Yeah, I I know I do go and comment on others, but I think it's equally important that when people come and comment on on my post, that I make it a point that I do reply to everyone. Uh, if it's if it's practically possible, I mean, I'm not getting thousand comments, right? so I, I, there's no excuse for me to be not not to be able to go back and uh, reply to people individually, even if it's just a simple thank you. Yeah, hundred percent. I'd highly suggest you do it um, because you're a world class. Um, you know what I mean? I really look up to you, and and I mean it. So there's a lot of people looking up to you. So if you just showed a little bit of um, you know, thank you back. I guarantee you're going to go a lot further. Mate, taken on board, hundred percent. I can't. Um, I'm really, really stoked. We got that um, done. We've been, you know, <laughs> chit and chat, 
uh, chatting back and forth for, you know, a while now, but um, it was really great to connect with you. And um, I'm sure we're going to do another one soon or whether it be a live video on Instagram, I'd love to connect more and just really help each other, help the audience. Look, it hit me up any time, mate, especially in these days. I can, I can do a live anytime you want to do a live Instagram, you want to do a podcast, video cast, whatever, man. For you, you're a top look. You've always been very supportive, always uh, been generous. Uh, so anytime for you, mate, anytime. Much appreciated, Harry. Well, as, as uh, we've seen, that's um, going to be that podcast for today. So we're going to leave it there, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I hope you really like it. And, yeah, share some love back. Um, share it on your story. Um, give us feedback. We'd love to hear it. And, yes, yeah, stay tuned for the next one. Thank you.